Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to Are You Having a Draft? My name is Bradley James. And you are joined, as always, by myself, Marcus Ellard. And the pair of us are very excited because after a long, long wait, football is back. Therefore, fantasy football is back. And more importantly than that, the draft is back. <laughs> well put. Um, Bradley, are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to getting this season over and done with, Marcus. My team is a shambles. Lockdown has stripped my team of its soul. However, I shall soldier on and see out the rest of the season as best I can, ready and prepared for next season. However, I am still excited. We'll be watching the football with the fake crowd sounds, or will you be listening to 22 men in their 20s, screaming at each other. An excellent question. I think a little bit of both, Marcus. I struggled somewhat with the Bundesliga version of the hallowed stadium, just sending out ghostly sounds. I think that might be due to a lack of investment that I have in the Bundesliga. Yeah. I really found it difficult to care for it. However, the Premier League is a different story. How about you, Marcus? I've been thinking about this. I think I'll give them both a go. I think what I'll do first is hear them all shouting at each other, which I think would be good. And then at half time, press the red button and have the crowd sounds and then decide what I prefer. If you're unsatisfied with how they cover the game with the various sound effects, you could always play a game of FIFA alongside it and try and recreate what's going on on the pitch. It could be an option. Do you think there'll be someone out there? (laughs) I think there are definitely people who are out there who play the game that is happening on the telly to see what the score is in their fictional game. So football season's back, which means Are You Having a Draft is back. (laughs) 
there'll be about three games a week or three days where there's, there's football, three out of the four days. Five substitutions, I believe. Which should help me out because most of my players sit on the bench most of the time <laughs> anyway. So their, their chances of playing have just increased by 40%. Anything else we need to talk about that's coming up in the episode? What else we have coming up is another guest host for another edition of 15 to 1. We have some emails, I believe, and a little discussion might take place with regards to your Mr. Minas. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, without any further ado, Bradley, are you having a draft? Sure are, mate! Woo! Marcus, June the 17th. Where the hell has time gone? <laughs> We've actually got some football to get fantastical about. You know what? I had a little jog around the park the other day and I saw these kids kicking around a spherical object and I had no idea what it was. I still don't That's know what you're talking about, mate. What was it? It must have been a football. Oh! <laughs> I feel like my Saturdays, which admittedly were pretty similar to all the other days during lockdown, but... I feel like my Saturdays will now find some structure to them in a way that yeah. they had been missing before. I'd done things like looked after the house. I'd clean. I was going to say, it's looking pretty tidy. That must have been your Saturdays. I've done things that a respectable human being would do, not burn up my time wondering whether I've made the right decision to drop James Tompkins, <laughs> James Tompkins. for Gary Cahill this week. So we're back. I personally think this is a great advert to scrap the winter break because every season from now on in, we don't know if we're going to have a forced break because of some global pandemic anyway. Absolutely. And we've talked about at length the winter break. And yeah, this is really long. This is like a whole actual season. I'm not talking about a football season. I'm talking about an actual weather season that we've had off of football. We've had like three or four months, haven't we? It's been too long, Marcus. It has been too long. I sense a degree of excitement from you, Marcus. We've got some people with us today who might also be a little bit excited. Hi, I'm Daniel Mantle, manager of Mental Dandies, currently fourth. Bosh. Very been good. For a long time now. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Slightly anxious as well. I don't know what you guys are like just before uh, draft day, but there's always a sense of anxiety leading up to it. And then once we get together, the excitement builds. And I'm feeling that sense of anxiety right now <laughs> until the weekend where I start doing a little bit of research again. And then I'll be buzzing by Wednesday. I can't wait for it, really. So there's some added excitement. Zooming in from Cardiff, I wonder if excitement has reached Wales yet. Hello, Meadows Ellen. Pialor Club Pildride, Buzzin Agegin, and a safe head sable and a table. And what position is that in English? Seventh. Seventh, very good. So seventh in Welsh is. Safe fed. Safe fed. There you go. Uh, there. Welsh word of the day. You excited, Bleds? I am. I didn't really <laughs> think I would say this, but when draft day comes and we're all around the table, like the week before, I'm getting like excited. Nice to see all your faces, have a good barbecue, a few drinks and snacks and a lot of fun together. But this is kind of different. I'm just quite excited to get the football back up and running, trying to eye up a few tweaks I want to do to the team, ready to beat your ass again. <laughs> fair. It's only a fair comment. You've got to figure out which ones of your players haven't got coronavirus. You know what? On this, we do, we've had two people talk about draft night, and now Bradley's just very nicely linked it to coronavirus. Are we? <laughs> I don't want to jinx this, but are we going to be able to have a draft night this year? Six of us in the garden at the moment. <laughs> yeah, the numbers increase each week, don't they? Of how many people you can have in a closed space. You can go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we're just about to say, as long as we host it at the zoo, we're all right. (laughs) (laughs) Another excited voice belonging to... Peter Efferall, manager of Evil FC, currently in sixth place. Wow. Pete, you must have been in sixth place the longest that anyone's been in sixth place due to the volatile nature of being in that position and how often it tends to change. Your three or four month stint at sixth place must be a record. Yeah, a record I'm not particularly wanting, but I'll take it. <laughs> take him where you can, mate. It's not as good as Yare's record of 13th place. <laughs> <laughs> you must be doubly excited, Pete, because you've got two leagues that are still going to go ahead where your interests lie. Well, there's three. Oh, go on. What's the third? In no particular order. There's the Premiership, the Draft, and the Championship. Oh, very good. Ooh. Very good. Yeah, I mean, Championship, I'm, I would have preferred not to have restarted. We're uh, three points off the relegation zone, and we're arguably the biggest victim of coronavirus in a footballing sense, <laughs> because we were probably one of the most informed teams pre-coronavirus you were. Um, outbreak. You were. So, with obviously, you know, having to restart and after having lost our momentum. So uh, it's going to be a difficult one, that. But best wishes to Michael O'Neill that he recovers and is out of isolation before we finish our season. The only person out of the last round of tests to come up with it is the Stoke City manager. Literally about two minutes before they were about to kick off against Man United in a friendly. Could have done us a job there and spread it through the United camp, but unfortunately yeah. it was too oh, late. thanks. Well, Pogba's had it for about nine months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this leads us on to the topic. How has the lockdown affected your team? I might even start on this. Yeah, go for it. Because I'm going to put it out there to say that I probably suffered the most because of lockdown. Oh, Exhibit A, I owned a player called Harry Kane. He got injured. And if everything had played out, he might have seen maybe the last two games of the season. As it turns out, Three months of football went missing. He had a chance to get fit. And now the best player I've ever owned. It's like seeing a girl dance with another boy on the dance floor at the school disco. Oh, no. That's <laughs> what has happened to me. Not only that, Leroy Sané, who was in my team, he's managed to get fit. Dropped him because he wasn't going to see much action before the end of the season. Oh, he's dancing with some other bloke as well. Great. That's my rundown. The only benefit <laughs> is that I'm Rick Laporte has been turned into my best player. He's fit for now, and he might not have been fit for a few games had lockdown not happened. That is the silver lining I'm finding. United also done a deal to keep Igalo at Trafford for a while. And to he, keep him set on the bench, yeah. That is he, another bonus. He might come on and score you some goals, mate. You never know. Solskjaer doesn't seem to like using him in the league. He loves him when it comes to the Europa League, loves him in a cup competition. Comes to the league and goes, oh, no, no, you rest. You rest, Odeon. You just take it easy on the, the weekends. However, we need you midweek, mate. You have to remember, five subs. Five oh, subs. Yeah. Mantle yeah. with the big guns. Mantle has hit on a huge factor going into the remainder of the season. How does this affect your team, Mantle? Coronavirus. You know what? Just before lockdown, I think my whole team got hit with coronavirus. I think I got the most injuries within a week ever recorded in this draft. I think I like six people got injured in a space of a week. On the back of that, I drafted in Ashley Westwood, which sort of cushioned the hurt of all my players getting injured. So obviously with this lockdown, well, they're not all injured anymore, apart from uh, Tosin, the striker from Crystal Palace, who's had to go back to Everton. Everyone's up top form. I wish I'd not drafted in Ashley Westwood, but didn't know we was going to go on lockdown. 
But on, on the sense of injury, my team's back on top form. Can I tell you where you need to improve for the remainder of the season, Daniel Mantle? Go on. Chat on WhatsApp. It's your... <laughs> you did very well on that, sir. There's no complaints, I don't think, from anyone on that front this season. Your max cap rate is appalling. Okay. As in you choosing the right captain. Ah. Has not been doing well. I have not chosen the best player for my captain. Correct. You're pretty poor at that, it has to be said. Oh, really? Comparatively to everybody else. There's a couple of people who do worse than you. The only man who it sort of matters for is a man who's fighting for the title and his name's Nick Morgan. And he is doing significantly worse than you. So if Nick had captained the right people, could he be sitting pretty at the top? I think without doubt, Marcus. If Nick is able to turn that around in these nine game weeks, this is what the season rests on. That's interesting because my captain's been uh, Kevin De Bruyne and I think he's done pretty well this season. He's done okay, but in terms of the points you've missed out on, mate. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, the differential between what you've got and what you could have got is probably the largest out of anybody. Wow. You've had players performing whilst De Bruyne has been had a lazy game or two. Just to relate it to my team, I think Grealish is one of those characters. He can plod along for a couple of weeks, then all of a sudden he'll have an absolute banger of the week. So you must have a team that is full of those people that every so often have a banger of a week, whereas De Bruyne is pretty consistent. What I think it boils down to is Mantle's captaincy choice is the difference between why he's in fourth place and why he's not challenging for the title. Because you stayed with one man, it's been a safe bet the whole way through. You've not taken any risk. You know what I think? I've By the way, wait, this is a guy who's hovering above the catering zone saying this. So uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a pinch of salt is so large that you can take with these comments. What do you know, Bradley? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is so much truth to that statement, Daniel, because the league would tell you not a lot. <laughs> so feel free to not listen to any of this. However, the statistics are damning. You've played it at a level of safety that gets you fourth place. It doesn't get you top. I think we've all been guilty of potentially putting certain players on the bench because they're playing against Man City or they're playing against Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever. And I think I've fallen victim on some of that, to be honest. For example, Ward-Prowse scored, I think, uh, Southampton's winner against Man City this year. Put him on the bench, I think third sub. You know, he got three bonuses, he got a goal. I think they got a clean sheet as well. So I think we've all guilty of that. But I've definitely had some of that in this season. Football was so long ago... I literally couldn't tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone who's had better luck with his captains this year, certainly in previous years, Peter Everill. How's the lockdown working out for you in terms of your team for the rest of the season? You're not positioned too bad considering where you've been in some game weeks this week. He needs the barbers to reopen, doesn't he, Peter? Blind, look at that, Barnet. How has it treated me? Not made any difference whatsoever. <laughs> right, Mads, so uh, how has your... <laughs> Didn't have any injury problems prior to coronavirus. I haven't got any injury problems coming out of it. So would you say then it might have given other teams a chance to catch up if you're pretty much falling on the status quo? Yeah, if anything, it's given me a bit of a disadvantage because, like you say, teams that would have been suffering with not a full belt of health would have benefited from the break. Yeah, just looking at my team, it's... Don't know what to do with it, really, other than keep it as it is. So here's a question. With five substitutes suddenly being an option, have you got a bunch of players who suddenly might see some more action? I mean, I've got strength and depth from my squad. You always do, mate. So I've got on my bench at the moment, as it stands for this weekend, I've got Rhys James, might play. Philippe Anderson, might play. And Moise Keane, probably won't play. Well, you say that. Isn't Cenk Tosson out for, like, forever? 
Yeah, but Calvert Lewin's fit and he gets the game time, doesn't he? So yeah. I just wonder with these five subs whether they might start bringing on a player like Moisey Keane. I'm more interested to know that I've done well with my captain this season. <laughs> You've done well. I mean, I I won't divulge too many details because the Max Cap Award is wide open. I'm going to say there is easily six at a push, seven people who are in the running for it. Ooh. Watch your back, Pete. I'm coming for you. <laughs> you might as well try and win something this season, man. <laughs> Meds, you got any issues with your team coming out the other side of lockdown? Yeah, so I was just checking my team because I've still got De Lafo. De Lafo? De Lafo, yeah. yes. De Lafo uh, injured. So I couldn't quite remember if he got injured before lockdown or if it's happened since. So I think he's about, yeah, six weeks out. So that's kind of affected it. But I sneakily re-transferred Tomine back in as the first couple of games I think got uh, suspended because he was coming back from injury and I uh, transferred out Fernandez from Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah. Um, so I got that in just last minute. So I think hopefully because he had a good run for me pre his Christmas time injury. So hopefully he can bag me two, three points a week there, which would be more than what Fernandez was um, doing. You're in for a good finish, mate. Yeah. You're currently in seventh. You're you're in the mix. Mm -hmm. Can I ask Mets a question? Go for it. Are you happy with that transfer for McTominay, knowing that probably a lot of attacking-minded players recovered from injury since this lockdown. You realise Jeremy Paxman was on the, <laughs> yeah. was on the panel. <laughs> back and um, obviously Fernandez is he's going to play a blinder as well. You know McTominay will he play? It's got kind of really deep and serious all of a sudden, considering my lack of knowledge of all theoretical <laughs> <of> things. <laughs> yeah. So not really sure who you're on about or what you're on about, but yes, I am happy with what is happening within my team because McTominay is going to score more than Fernandez. When you oh. first brought McTominay in, he went and scored a screamer. I think it was against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I remember when Meds brought McTominay and that was a good yeah. shout. Yeah, literally the, the very game week he brought him in. You know, he is that when I texted you, Bradley? It was like, mate, have you been texting Meds? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, yes, was. I didn't know he was free. It was such a good shout. You can tell it wasn't me who texted him because it turned out to be a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For my team, he's an improvement. But if he's going to play in the real world, I haven't got a clue. I... <laughs> Marcus, well, this is an interesting time for you. It is an interesting time for me because obviously pre and during lockdown, it's emerged that I fucked everything up with my points. <laughs> um, one of the good things that's happened to me in lockdown is that everyone's new favourite philanthropist, Marcus Rashford, has got fit again, which is a bonus for the draft and a bonus for me because it was looking like he wasn't going to come back until, well, I think it was about May uh, late May time, early June. And obviously we're past that. And according to the app, he's injury free. So I've got Jesus up front who starts on a double game week and Rashford. So hopefully we can tick over. Got some work to do with that make weight that you have. Fine, on bench. I just Go on, Peter. Type me something in. You see this, this is fucking Pete's algorithm coming out now. Look at him. I can hear him typing it straight away. What is interesting for me is I think I might have the form player of the last nine games of the season coming up. Oh, go on. <laughs> Shall we have a guess who you think this might be? I'm going to yeah. go and I'm logging to his team now. His best player is TAA. 
That's about it. It's boards up to date. So he's got to be talking about Kyle Walker, who's invigorated. <laughs> James Madison. No. I'm going to cater. Nabi yeah. I think we could be ready to see him shine. Oh, Go on. For it. Based on what? My algorithm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he was typing it in. I've said it. To Based on that. things Pete felt. <laughs> Bloody algorithm, my arse. So as we're recording this, ladies and gentlemen, Pete is working away with his algorithm. It's just informed him that Nabi Keita is going to be the player of the Premier League for the remainder of the season. But you've also written to us all in a private message from the audience. We know who's done the worst out of lockdown, don't we? Yeah. Who's that? Who? Uh, started the lockdown out of the catering zone and we'll end the lockdown in the catering zone without a ball being kicked. And that's <laughs> Marcus Allard. <laughs> I think Marcus, we're, we're going to have to try and find... Some music for you. We're essentially going to have to play The Great Escape when we talk about your season. Oh, I'm looking forward to that episode already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I don't know, maybe I'd had too many glasses of wine in lockdown, but I looked at my team the other night and I thought, I'm all right here. Marcus, I would take your team over my team. I'm <laughs> in serious trouble. I'll take that. I'm um, in serious trouble and I am hurtling towards my first ever catering zone finish. I've seen your cooking, mate. Nobody wants that to happen. <laughs> if I get out of this, I'm coming dressed as Steve McQueen from The Great Escape. I'll bring my tennis ball and I'll just sit against the wall all night, bouncing that ball. I reckon I'm safe. Pete? Can we implement the Bradley rule? What's that? That if, Even if he finishes in the relegation zone, he doesn't do the catering for us. <laughs> <laughs> Deliver. Plenty of nice places around it's here. Only fair. It's only fair. What's the latest with Snodrice? I was just going to ask that. Pete, why are you asking? Because we're on the wrong side of it, you idiot. Are we it's, not? It's no. Yeah, just... we are. We were like a point away. In fact, if anything, if lockdown had continued... We'd have been all right. You'd have been all right because restaurants wouldn't have been opening, which, yeah. means, you were, <laughs> which means you'd have been fine. I yeah, think well, we're okay on the bet that we'll see Declan Rice not score over 100 points or whatever it was that Thrummit oh. suggested would happen. Yeah. But on Snod Rice, we're in a bit of trouble. If all else fails, a mate of mine sent me a link yesterday and it's, it's every single pub that is currently open and selling takeaway pints. <laughs> so if worse comes to worse, well, you can just take us to takeaway pints. At least that'll get us out of wearing our kits in an establishment, I suppose. Oh no, you have to wear them there and back. Oh. Maybe you need colour-coordinated face masks to go with the kit. Oh, <laughs> now that's a perch ideas right there. Draft face mask. That's a liberator. You know, where do you put the sponsor? Where do you put the badge? It all needs to be on the mask itself. Yeah, yes, very good. Well, that leads us on to a man who's got a lot riding on these last nine game weeks. And he's currently sitting top of the table by, I believe, about 75 points. And hoping that Nick continues his uh, pathetic attempt at trying to pick the right captain. Uh, because. If that is the case, then Matthew Melaloo will win his first ever draft title. Matthew Melaloo, manager of Melulu's FC, currently top of the league, and quite frankly, crapping my pants about the idea of having to see this season out. I, was, uh, I mean, I've got the most to lose. It's as simple as that. What way is it going to go? The chances are 70 points is two bad game weeks, isn't it, really? Well, you've already just lost five points in the space of... I'm just giving, I'm giving them away. Can I tell you what I think might be a bit of a worry for you, mate? Go on. 
you've got three Liverpool players. If they win the league in the next two games, oh. and suddenly take their foot <laughs> off the pedal, then you, you don't know what's, what can happen there. You know, don't know yeah. if he starts trying to play some of the youngsters, for example, give Mo Salah a bit of a rest. All sorts can happen in these last batch of games because of the player rotation, because of teams suddenly being safe, because of managers trying out new players. There might be a few youngsters that come through that we've never even heard of. And the man with the most to lose. I really like that Klopp does that and gives the youngsters a chance. But what I don't like about the youngsters coming on is the offensive numbers they have on their backs. Oh, yeah. Well, Trent Alexander-Arnold has been offending the Premier League ever since he turned up. Why can't just... Just have a normal number, bro. Have a number seven. Six, yeah. I think there's a big concern that obviously we need to get all these games out and the way they're going to do it is by having matches at a much more regular pace. So the interval is only going to be, what, a couple of days between matches. So it stands to reason that managers are going to have to rotate squads a lot more effectively and bring through more youth players. But when you're trying to protect a lead trying to see out the end of what's been a cracking season so far, apart from the very long hiatus. It's really worrying because I've got some marquee players that might play less than 50% of these nine games. You've got a saving grace, Melalu. As long as Nick doesn't discover that he's got the rest of his team and he can move that captaincy uh, armband onto other players, as long as he keeps it on Raheem Sterling, who is going to get rotated, he's not going to play all these games, keeps the armband there, you'll be good. Well, let's hope he doesn't listen to the podcast, eh? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is Matthew going to edit this out? Here's what I think. <laughs> yeah. This is all getting a big red mark right through it in the edit. What are you worried about, Melaloo? And I'm looking... a seasoned veteran up against a guy who didn't trade Pookie when he should have done. I've been on the phone to Leighton Baines, and he says, I've got solid form, we're looking good. And he might even... Do me a little deal for a testimonial at the back end of the season. Testimonial. See what's happening. <laughs> so, very excited. Not so much as an Arsenal fan because our first game's away at Manchester City. But once we get past that, we have got the rest of the season to finish off. I believe our first game is Aston Villa, Sheffield United. You know what? When I knew we were going to do a podcast tonight. Yeah. I had to go on to BBC Sport because I was like, I need to remind myself of what's going on. <laughs> I did have a look at the fixtures. One thing that I am excited about with us getting cracking again this coming week is that all the people that signed up to uh, have a little dabble in the Listener League will finally get to have a play against Marcus and I who've already joined. Anyone else that wants to join can get involved as well. And it'll be nice to see, you know, what the listeners have come up with in terms of their teams and basically how badly they thrash us <laughs> while we try and uh, deal with our draft teams. The reason they'll thrash us is because we've given all brilliant advice all the way through oh, yeah. this whole season of the podcast. <laughs> you don't see, don't see any of them giving Aguero away. They've got him front and centre, mate. All right. So there we have it. We are back. Fantasy football, are you having a draft? We're all very excited. Wednesday, the 17th of June. A couple weeks on from the devastation for Wedding Crashers fans, that is the Machiavellian attempts by Marcus to deceive everyone and use more auction points than everyone else. Does anybody have anything they wish to say with regards to the punishment that should be dealt out to Mr. Ellard? Yes, I do. Jonathan Wolf, manager of Fairytale Erotica. <laughs> I think he should have to 
wear an Aston Villa kit for <laughs> 365 days. <laughs> Make it that'd be a world record for anyone wearing a Villa kit, wouldn't it? I think instead of wearing an apron during his mandatory cooking session at the next draft night, he should wear an Aston Villa kit. Question is, what league badges would go on that Villa kit? <laughs> I think you should be kicked out of the league and not be able to rejoin. <laughs> What a shame. I'd then have to depend on other people to take the piss out of me for 365 days. <laughs> How about you, Phil? I've kind of missed the boat here. What, what did he do, sorry? So, Marcus, it turns out, overspent on auction points at the draft this year. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. he did not. And um, I guess I, I, I wasn't there, right? But did Charmin not pick it out? No, no, pick him up on it? <laughs> Daniel Charmin did not pick him up on it, no. <laughs> Neither did any of us, in fact. We all None just... Maybe you should have less auction points this time hmm. I mean was it like two or three points or what like how one long? point maybe it's maybe he's got he gets like I don't know take five auction points off him I think that's fair so anyone want to kick me out of the league how about if we go into a legacy league he has to keep the player that he spent two points <laughs> on was he a good player because it was Greenwood and that's actually going to come at yeah. oh yeah, yeah that's pretty decent <laughs> okay it's going to be like, a bit like Dutz's uh, maths Par where <laughs> him and then all of a sudden he's got the best team in the league. Exactly. I would guess it depends how um, serious we want to make it and how harsh the punishment the punishment is going to be to be because yeah. you could go from something like his highest most point uh, player who scored the most points just deduct that from his and score and see where he uh, see where he comes or that specific player that he messed up on see how many points that player's got and deduct it I'm not sure I, I feel like if he's going to get punished it should be punished for this season not next season that's how I I sort of feel mm. oh, yeah I, mean, I agree with that I agree I think that. we should just forgive him <laughs> thanks Johnny I'll take that <laughs> Johnny do you owe Marcus money <laughs> it should be something this season I agree Give him the wooden spoon. <laughs> Yare would be up for that, I think. No, actually, funny enough, I wouldn't. No, I want to catch him on my own merits. Good man. I think it should respect. be a two-part punishment. One part would be enforced on the next draft day, i.e. definitely part of the cooking crew and some form of shame. Whether we all agree wearing an Aston Villa shirt is, uh, is shame or not, I don't know. Johnny might feel otherwise. But then I think there should be something that happens this season, and that would be to take away the points that Greenwood has scored in for the season. But how many points is that? Does anyone know? About 50 points, isn't it? Johnny 53 Wolf. points. I'm not actually sure I've ever seen Johnny Wolf in an Aston Villa show. <laughs> <laughs> 53 points. So that would put him down. Uh, put like him in. He'd be in a dogfight with Phil. I think that's fair, to be frank. Did you repeat what my punishment is? I will. The point that Mason Greenwood got this season will be taken away from your final score, Marcus. Okay. It's not the worst punishment because it's 53. Yeah. Just as he was sort of coming, what I thought he was going to come good, the league got stopped. It could be a lot worse, but it could also be better. 53, which would mean that I'm in a dogfight with Phil. That's the bit I heard. Yeah, mm. you would be. You'd be yeah, two points ahead of him. I mean, that you'd be in a dog fight with me, like, but also with everyone else because you're in a dog fight anyway. Because I'm about fifty points behind you. It's not like you're fucking. You know, like a couple of couple of miniature yeah. poodles have a scrap. The what what if the season resumes and then Mason yeah. and then he Greenwood just goes and absolutely smashes it. Becomes yeah. like the next Harry Kane. But does he get them deducted? Yes, he gets them deducted. Yeah. yeah. 
or whatever. So basically, he doesn't want Greenwood to score points. Well, he, do, he doesn't get any of those points. Yeah. It's it, what it effectively does is it sort of says Marcus would be in the catering zone, which seems like the certainly on social media that's seemed like the general consensus in terms of what it was fair. And then they had different variations on what he should do. You got Aguero to bail you out. So that's fine. Yeah. yeah, if you've got an old villa shirt, Johnny, that you want to lend uh, Marcus, Marcus could wear my white shorts if he wants. Marcus has to wear the white shorts oh. and get my villa top. So, those shorts are never going to do up. Well, I just thought it was interesting when at the beginning of the season, my algorithm said Marcus had come bottom and everyone laughed, and Marcus found it infuriating. To be fair, there's not much this season that hasn't infuriated me, so you're not <laughs> down. It's been a very stressful season. Marcus, I think we should get two other drafters to host the podcast next season so that we can actually focus on getting our team. <laughs> uh, anyone want to raise their hand for that gig uh, next year? <laughs> I'll do it. Oh, we found ourselves the co-host, Marcus. Bring it on, Johnny. section called The Curse of Wolf, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny? What are you going to do the section of The Curse of Wolf? Or is The Curse of Wolf going to be... We're going to change it to Storytime with Wolf. <laughs> it's the bit where he's, he just gives excuses for half an hour as to why he's had a shit yeah, week. Direct messages on your Tinder profile. Yeah, erotica fairy tale stories. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've got a couple of emails that have come in. We've got quite a few emails that come in during lockdown, actually. The first one that I'm going to talk about is from Christine. You might remember a couple of shows back, we had an email from a lady who talked about her son wanting to sort of get into the performing arts, but also plays football. He was described as a little I dude. do remember, Marcus. Um, yeah, very well. And Christine neglected to tell us, because she didn't think we'd read it out, that his name is Keenan. So this is a big hello from me, Keenan, and a big hello from... Keenan! Not from yourself, but from Bradley. <laughs> yeah, look, he, he's absolutely loved hearing the stories. He's definitely going to take up tap dancing. And he loved the notes um, that we were saying about the fact that it could help him get in with the girls. <laughs> I, hope, uh, I hope one of those girls, let's say he becomes friends with one of those girls, I hope one of them's called Kelly. Ah, a 90s Nickelodeon TV show throwback. And also they've attached a couple of pictures, so Bradley and boys. I'll send these around, obviously, in our private groups. We won't go put them online. But there's one of him playing football. He's looking very focused. Bradley, you'd be very proud. <laughs> and there's one of when they went to see Newsies. He's in the middle with, I believe that's he's with his sister and his grandpa. Oh, yes. Look at that. Smashing I mean, that look. Listeners at home, we've got a picture of Keenan in a theatrical state, looking like a dude, as Marcus would describe him. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's gone for, um, I don't know whether you've seen Newsies, the musical, they all wear those Baker Boy hats. So he's gone dressed in the thing and it keeps that hat on all the time. So keep listening, Keenan. Um, also to Chris, who's Keenan's mum, I apologise for any swearing that we sometimes have on the podcast if the little ones is are tuned in. I don't know whether that's thing but there you go good work. that's a nice one also moving on from that we've had lots of first-time listeners as well we've literally had one that came in on friday from angelique what who... else are they going to do in lockdown eh exactly and she said this what does an old tv program tottenham football kit and a dinosaur podcast have in common obviously i read this was like a very strange joke but it wasn't they are the perfect search engine recipe during lockdown for my computer to mix up the computer cookies and then spew out a suggestion of a football podcast called Are You Having a Draft? 
Initially, she ignored it, which is just silly, but then goes to say that when it came on, she's absolutely obsessed with it. So she's been listening throughout lockdown. So it's lovely to welcome you to the Are You Having a Draft family there, Angelique. Well, thank you to Google's algorithm for leading Angelique towards us, who knew that we were going to infiltrate the technical minds of Google, that mm. they now lead people towards us. So thank you very much. There's a question here, actually, Bradley, that Angelique's put in just before her PS. She's got some bench notes, which was some little tidbits that she liked. She likes Yare's laugh. Everyone loves Yare's laugh. They love the random facts thrown in about Walter Tull, etc. Loves the Snodgrass bet. But also, on top of that, there is a question which you will love. If you were stuck in a type of Groundhog Day season, what season would you like to be stuck in? Ooh... That is a great question because do you go for a season of success? Do you go for a season where you had like great personal memories from it? 97, 98 was a great season for me, Marcus. Arsenal Why 97, 98? Arsenal returned to winning ways in the league. There was a lot of buzz around England going into World Cup 98 and World Cup 98 was Pretty spectacular World Cup. It has to it be was said. Brilliant. Like, I was even in France for some of it on a school trip. Were you? I was, yeah. I remember uh, having been in England for Euro 96. I was in France for France 98. And that's just what I assumed teenage life was. I was like, this is how it works now. You, know, you just turn up and <laughs> just, there's a tournament wherever you, you know, wherever you go on holiday to or whatever. Maybe 97, 98. There's a temptation to go for the invincible season. Thing. Yeah. There's something about that 97, 98 season that we overcame quite a few odds. Yeah. in those days how about you well 2015 2016 i could literally live that one for years and years and also i might stick a cheeky tenor on leicester to win the league at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> you and tom hanks both get my five thousand to one on that yeah. that was pretty spectacular i think every single leicester fan had answered the same matthew melaloo are we coming back to the glory days of sir alex ferguson it is hard to ever look past the treble winning season isn't it what a year of football so many times it was are we going to be able to do this? And when did Leeds United win the treble? I don't yeah, know. Sure. D- d- <laughs> dirty talk. Dirty Robin, talk. Robin Hood's Bay FC win the <laughs> But there, there were so many moments where you thought it was not going to happen and there were so many beautiful moments of football that came out of that in response. The Giggs goal in the FA Cup, the Solshire Sheringham two, three minutes of madness while I was literally throwing things at the TV, swearing I'd never watch another game of football in my life, and then crying with joy at the, at the fact we turned it round. I couldn't I make everyone, what like, a season. That was one of those things where Man United, for me, were the team that everybody loved to hate. But even in that Champions League final, I think surely everyone was willing them to win in that. Bayern had played such arrogant football the entire match and I expected them to win. And I was just waiting for that whistle to blow and we scored a goal. And then we scored another goal. And I just, I couldn't believe it. That is a good question. I'm sure also when the lads rejoin, they'll all have their opinions as well. So it'd be interesting to see back in the WhatsApp group once we get this released to see what everybody else thinks of that. Let's have a little look. Yeah, so like I said, lots of thank yous. Also, Matthew, I'm sure you'd be pleased because obviously I think you spent about three full days of your life editing. The uh, YouTube 15 to 1 was a huge success. Thank you. Amazing. I'm glad people have enjoyed it. I'm glad people have found it. I hope we get a lot of new people coming through as a result. And remind me where people can listen to that. See what we're talking about. Sorry. Remind me where people can view that. Yeah, they can see your wonderful faces 
on the Bradley James YouTube channel. It's right there. Just search Bradley James. Are you having a draft on YouTube? And it will pop up. Bradley James YouTube channel. Welcome to the 21st century, Bradley. Blimey. Thank you. I wish I could claim credit, but... Uh... <laughs> Helen has been in touch. I feel like we may have heard Helen's name before on the podcast. We certainly have, mate. Yeah. Fan favourite. A draft favourite. She has obviously been listening in lockdown to the podcast and has had lots of things she'd like to ask. Bradley, this season, there are 13 drafters but how many drafters have there been in other seasons excellent question i feel once this goes through the edit we might have some top of the pops music which ln i think being from france will not understand at all but some of our listeners might i'm going to run down the numbers for you, Marcus, because in my eyeline is a figurine for every person who has taken part in the draft. Ooh. Starting with number one, Andrew O'Neill. More because he's a goalkeeper as opposed to being the first one. Number two, Medir Llewellyn. Number three, Daniel Mantle. Number four, Peter Everall. Number five, Chike Okonkwo. He's not been with us the last two seasons. He may return. Oh, Chike. Coming in at number six, it's Jonathan Wolf. At seven, Matthew Brummett. At eight, Philip Cairns. Nine, Bradley James. Ten is Matthew Melalu. Eleven, Yare Jegbafume. And in at number twelve, Marcus This leads us on to number thirteen, Thomas Popper who acted as a caretaker manager for Matthew Melalu in season five. And he then was offered a spot in the league, which he took. The team was drafted on his behalf. And within the first few days of him looking at his team, looking at his phone, he was told in no uncertain terms that he was no longer allowed to be a part of the draft. Laura, how are you, by the way? I hope you're well. <laughs> Give it his marching orders. That takes us on to number 14, season four entrant, Neil Dutton. Then at 15 and 16, they were involved in two seasons, the very first two seasons, and that is Oliver Phelps and James Phelps. I'm amazed that that's all you had to say about the dramas that came out of the Phelps twins, but we'll we'll save that for another episode. Phelps gate, baby. We'll save the various gates surrounding the Phelpses for another episode, perhaps. Maybe we might even be able to get them on. Who knows? That takes us on to number 17, Daniel Sharman, a caretaker manager for Philip Cairns this season. We don't know if you'll be able to join us for season eight. The invitation will be there. However, with him living in Los Angeles, it will probably be a bit difficult for him to make the journey back for draft day. That takes us on to 18, which there'll be a gap because we do not speak the name of number 18 and I don't return their text messages anymore. Number 19 (laughs) is James Jammer Robinson. He stepped in as caretaker manager for the aforementioned Thomas Hopper. Once given his marching orders, had to relinquish his team and James Jammer Robinson stepped up in season six. He was going to be joining us for season seven. However, he landed the role of Alexander Hamilton in the Washington biopic. I think it's on the History Channel if you want to check it out. 
he was unable to join us this season. He'll be offered a place for season eight. Fingers crossed he takes it. He was an excellent addition. That leads us on to number 20, another name we shall not speak. And in fact, numbers 18 and 20 will be offered to new recruits, I believe. The jersey has not been retired. They don't even deserve a mention, Marcus. Then, after number 20, we have number 21, Daniel Mutlow. Daniel lasted two months of season two before a similar fate hit him that hit Tom, and he was informed he was no longer allowed to spend any more time on the draft. And at number 22, our newest recruit, Nicholas Morgan. What a recruit he's been. He has the number 22 jersey. That completes the figurines. So, in answer to your question, Helen, there are 20 people who have been involved in the draft at some point in its illustrious history. Great question. And as usual with draft-related questions, there's lovely anecdotes to go along with it. So thanks for the answer, Bradley. Always a pleasure. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we've also got one here about how Meds got involved. Uh, this is the question. So we all know that Meds is not a football fan and lives in Wales, but he's in the draft and has been since the first season. So how has a rugby fan ended up being in a football draft since the very beginning? Great question, Helen. Meds and I know each other from working together. And when the draft started, the job that we had worked on had finished. And the reason the draft started in the first place is because of that separation that was beginning to appear between us as a group of friends in terms of our lives, taking us in different directions. And the draft acted as glue to bring us all back together at least once a year and keep us in contact throughout the year using fantasy football as an excuse. When it first started, people didn't really know what role the draft was going to take in their lives. I essentially sent some messages out to people who I thought it would be good to use this as an excuse to stay in touch with. Pete did the same. And 
admittedly, I sent a message out to meds thinking, well, I'm not really sure if this is going to be meds thing, but hey, be good to get him involved if for some strange reason he is up for it. So lo and behold, as I'm sending messages out, some people are responding with, this is strange and my hair scaring me. I'm washing my hair. Others completely ghosted me. And then when I saw them later on, they were like, oh, oh yeah, what, what was that? Some people. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I'd be interested to see on my phone who that is the last message I sent to because they didn't respond. I have since not spoken to them. You've sent them out of your life. Not even on purpose, but just because the prediction of that veering away that people do. Anyway, a message went out to meds and I got a resounding response of a desire to be involved. Meds, do you remember being introduced to the idea at first? Yeah, as you said, like we just finished working together a few months earlier and I happened to have a job in London that I was working on and yeah, I got the text. He said, come round Friday night. I was like, okay, great. And I, I swear the football season started on the Saturday, but I wasn't the expert. I came round after work. You texted me to say, make sure, bring your laptop. And I was like, what? Like, what is this all about? Like, <laughs> like, all right, laptop, whatever. Like, a video. Yeah, it'll be nice to see him and whatever else is happening. We might have a few drinks tonight and then football is like a thing to do tomorrow morning with bacon butties, etc. And then like, lo and behold, I rock up slightly late and I think I was like slightly tipsy because I'd been to see mates for some wine beforehand. <laughs> I remember this. And then like rocked up, I was still in my work gear and then it was like, I think, you know, 10, 11 blokes round table and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm in the shit yet. <laughs> this is not what I think. God knows what I was thinking, but I haven't got a clue what's going on. And that kind of, I haven't got a clue has lasted quite a while. <laughs> um, but it's been great and like yeah every year i gained a bit of knowledge i've gained a lot of mates a lot of fun and yeah we just kind of once a year we have a laugh don't we we've just discovered for the first time it sounds like you're in the draft by accident what you were signing up for you wouldn't have shown up in the first place yeah. came round for beers walked away with a seven years of abuse over whatsapp <laughs> <laughs> but, however You've kept coming back for more draft action, for more punishment, some would say. I think if I hadn't been working in London that year, I would not have been involved. And yeah, no, I think it's definitely good they got that text. And also with meds, I think meds has provided some of the draft night stories, because obviously as meds just mentioned, then he has to come up from Cardiff. Come up, it's Cardiff, isn't it, meds? Wait, yeah, it is. We've yeah. had some of the best draft night stories where we've literally been, meds has been drafting his team from a train yeah. that got delayed. Like he's in a waiting room, he's going back to Wales, he gets back, he's under the stairs. Like this, <laughs> this long drawn out journey, which that was been such a ball ache for you. One year, Meds had to leave with about six picks still left to go. So by the first day of the season, Meds still didn't know who half his team were. <laughs> yeah, you drafted me Danny Ings that year. Oh, yes, I did. Wish I drafted him for myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go, Helen. That is yeah. Meds' origin story. Meds is... <laughs> and we've also got one here from Kat, who right near the very beginning of this we were sort of saying to people oh send us a picture of where you're listening to the podcast because we realized that people were listening all over the world we had one from like the grand canyon isn't it and cats kind of done themselves down a bit here because they've said oh i've, I've took a picture i'm listening to the podcast whilst i was doing my daily 10 kilometer power bike ride on an island in the finnish archipelago <laughs> she says it's not quite the grand canyon but it's beautiful i said no 
it's still amazing. Like the finished <laughs> arc of, and the picture is beautiful. So we'll put that up somewhere as well. But also, and we can see that someone's prepared for this question. So they mentioned we've got the trophy, we've got the wooden spoon. They mentioned Princess, Yare's dog, and said, could Princess be the mascot? And then actually they've gone and clarified and gone, <laughs> Pete's shaking his head. Pete's met Princess, clearly. Do we have a mascot for the draft, which we don't? And could we, and who would we like it to be? A mascot for the draft? You know, like how the World Cups, you, you know, like, they have... You mean like Striker the Dog for USA 94? Or... Yeah, so if we were to have a draft mascot, we'll go around the people, obviously. So Daniel Mantle's sitting there with what looks like a giant raccoon. <laughs> a sloth. It's a sloth, isn't it? <laughs> a giant sloth. Well, that would be... I would be... not have this sloth as my uh, mascot. Well, what I've got two little ginger cats, so they would take a uh, top spot for me, 100%. Very good. So you've got two little ginger cats. Like Sunderland are called the black cats, are mental dandies also known as the ginger cats. The ginger cats. And I've got some retro draft here for you. One sec. Oh, I might have to screenshot this. Sorry, little treat. To go with my ginger cats. Ooh. Oh, hello. Yes. Very good. I've taken a screenshot of that so the, the listeners will be able to have a little listen. Not, Not listen. Uh, cat's just gone under the bed. Ginger bowl. The ginger bowl. I think that was third season, I think. I love the writing on that. Yeah, that is cool. Got Blade Runner vibes. Yeah, but, um, got the purple leftover bowl one knocking about somewhere as well. Who was in the ginger <laughs> bowl? Me and Marcus, I think. It was just between me and Marcus, if I remember. Yeah. But that's obviously no surprise to anyone. I came second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone else qualifies for the ginger bowl. <laughs> my, my beard not count. No. You and Phil might have made it in, actually. You guys got ginger beards, haven't you? So we've got the two ginger cats, but there must be something from someone or like something that's like a regular thing that ticks over that we could have. For my team, other than obviously a, a giant papier-mâché likeness of Leighton Baines, my team used to be the Muppets, so I think I'd have to have a, a Muppet in the Malulu strip. You'd have to have a Muppet of you. Yes, like a Jim Henson version of like Matt Yes. That would be pretty spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all need our own individual mascots, don't we? That's a good shout. So like you say, the Sunderland are the black cats. The dandies are the... <laughs> cats. But yeah, Melaloo is, uh, is a Muppet. Pete, what have you got for us? Well, I was... I'm going slightly off piece. I'd like to have Diana Ross as my mascot. <laughs> <laughs> is she available? But this is inspired by her epic fail at the 1994 World Cup opening ceremony. Her penalty record's probably pretty similar to the Stoke team's penalty records, really, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. So I'd like Diana Ross. <laughs> the evil uh, mascot is Diana Ross. <laughs> I can't even follow that. I'm not going to. Amazing. Meds, what do you reckon? Follow that, mate. If I had a team mascot, I'd go a bit wild and go for like either an onion or a fridge. <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me both. Well, it just suits my team, doesn't it? A bit of catering king. That's not my team. <laughs> have, a, have a fridge in a suit of armour. That's a kitchen crusader. Yeah, there right. you go. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, man. But instead of a sword, he's got like a knife and fork. <laughs> you know, and an onion, I bet you an onion could win the mascot race, Rhea, because, you know, it'll just downhill it could, yeah. so they can sprint. Yeah, they lift it up. Yeah. <clears throat> Free publicity, that one. Or if it's a fridge, it'll can't do anything. It'll fall over on the first hurdle and I'll be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley, what, have, uh, what about yourself? Well, I'm thinking I need something World War II themed. 
I'm not sure if you can get a mascot out of that. I'm pretty sure G.I. Joe's trademarked. Yeah, well, you could have, like, Cyril the Spitfire. What, is that a thing? Oh, no, that is good. It's a good costume as well. There actually is an aircraft called a Liberator. Is there? Okay. Yes, yes, there is. Googles. American aircraft, medium-range bomber from the Second World War called the Liberator. That's your mascot. Oh, well, done. Plane that drops bombs. Very Just good. like your drop into the catering zone in the next nine yeah, weeks. Yeah, God. <laughs> How about you, Marcus? If we're all going on the name of our thing, I mean, I'm obviously the wedding crashes, aren't I? What, you're like a runaway bride? Julia Roberts in a... I cannot beat Diana Ross. But I feel like Billy Idol. But Billy Idol in a wedding dress. Because remember his song, White Wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for a white wedding. I bet if it's like Billy Idol with his rock and roll fingers out in a wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's go for Billy Idol in a wedding dress. I think he'd be up for it. Yeah, I'm sure the kids would love to get a photo with Billy Idol in a wedding dress uh, <laughs> at the ground. with Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Bouquet in one hand, bottle of scotch in the other. They could, we could chart the same flight for him and Diana. <laughs> Not only has she posed a brilliant question, in fact, she sent over some artwork and it's artwork for the curse of wolf and if wolf doesn't have a wolf mascot then he's missing a trick there but check check this out bradley oh wow she painted that it looks like watercolor to me it's it's a picture of a picture obviously but it looks like a watercolor check out that meds curse of wolf that's brilliant i think that's great i think she's done an amazing job there so for the listeners we've got almost like a 19 kind of 60s horror movie vibe watercolor of a wolf, it's that kind of iconic Hollywood wolf carrying an injured football player through a crowd of fans who are all baying for blood. They've all got torches and stuff like that. And then are you having a draft at the bottom? So Wolf, that's what you've inspired. Thank you, we'll pop that up on the socials when the podcast comes out. And I definitely think that should be the mascot for fairy tale erotica. It should be a wolf that carries a fairy tale princess, but then <laughs> when there's a bad injury on pitch, the mascot comes out and scoops up the player just like this and, and carries them off. And they and then over the tunnel they go, it's been another curse of wolf. I think wolf's mascot needs to be a wolf from a fairy tale, however, dressed in Anne Summer's gear. <laughs> we'll see what he comes back with. <laughs> Okay, also I've been asked to mention the many, many emails that have come in about my punishment. Thanks for your contribution. They seem to be in line with what chats have been going around. So I'm sure we'll hear later on in this episode what the punishment for my mathematical misdemeanors on draft night will be. Interesting that you haven't highlighted any of those particular punishments that people have sent in. Interesting that perhaps there might be ends of the spectrum that uh, some of those emails meet with their suggestions and the ones at the far end of the spectrum you haven't Mm. touched on at all. Is that because... Yeah, time really, just time constraints. Time. I'd really, really like to go into them, but just don't have the time. (laughs) And I just wanted to finish on this one, which is from, oh, they've signed themselves SN. It's another American listener. We're reaching out over the pond. They say that as an American, my prior experience with football relates almost exclusively to the NFL. And I don't think I could have named a single Premier League player or team this time last month. But this is where it gets good. 
the pure wit, camaraderie and infectious energy of everyone involved with Ahad has captivated me from the very start. Well, S or Mr. or Mrs. N, we're very pleased to have reached you across the pond. And we're also pleased that you've dived into the deep end of the pool rather than having us modicoddle you and explain things in a simplified manner. You have taken on the challenge of listening to a bunch of idiots try and discuss football like we know what we're talking about. The biggest joke of the whole show being that none of us really know what we're talking about. But thank you for coming along on the journey with us. Brilliant. That's all for the emails. If there's anything that you'd like to share with us or any questions that you would like to have the chance of us answering, you can always get in contact with us at areyouhavingadraft at gmail.com. So, chaps, there seems to have been a general consensus put forward for Marcus's punishment. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't know why I waste my fucking Sunday afternoons with you lot. Have a really nice time with the quiz and then you fucking just lay into me. I've got a lamb resting on the side. <laughs> the proposal is that the total points that Mason Greenwood, who is the player that Marcus officially overspent with, yep. is taken away from his total score at the end of the season. Now, if he doesn't play any more games for Marcus, that's good news for Marcus. And he only loses, I think, 53 points. So Marcus will be hoping that he doesn't come on the pitch and start scoring some goals. That is the proposal, chaps. Yeah. How do we feel about that? I suppose that's we first, should discuss yeah. Bill first, because he's the one who's suddenly in contention with Marcus, positionally speaking. Well, I'm also in contention because there's like eight games left. And I'm only about 50 points behind, so... Plus, there's going to be maybe more substitutes. Anyway, um, I will go with the consensus rather than try to take advantage of Marcus's stupidity. Very Phil, fucking hell. Very said there, Phil. <laughs> You're um, right. This gives you another target to aim at for the remainder well, of the season. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's good. Meds, how do you feel about it? Well, he was so far behind me, I don't think it really affects me. <laughs> 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 Love it. Love it. How about you, Mantle? I think that's fair enough. I'm happy with that. Very good. Johnny? Yeah, I guess so. Actually, uh, I'd say, uh, yeah, I'll go with the consensus. However, if, if he does end up in fucking smashing and the goals from Man United, then I think it's a little bit unfair. I think one thing you need to think about is if this was someone in second place, would it be fair? Because that lower yeah, end be, doesn't really matter too much. It would be absolutely fair. to do with someone winning a league, then... It's a fair and clear punishment. Does Marcus have to keep the guy in his team? Yeah. Yeah. He has Whatever. to keep... So he can't, get, he can't stop him out and get someone else? He has to keep him? All right. No. Whatever we decide on this punishment and the same thing happens in the future, to mm. make it fair we stick with the same punishment, regardless what position. Yeah. Mate, it won't happen again, will it? Fuck yeah, to be know. fair, this oh, is not happening again. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcus are still playing next season, so... <laughs> yeah, good point. You never know you're looking at a raffle. Uh, Melalu, how about you? Well, to be honest, mate, uh, looking that far down the table from up here is giving me a bit of vertigo. Meds and Mel this season with the sass. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> Tune in next season when it's all <laughs> completely different. <laughs> Yama, as the uh, outsider of this situation, you've obviously come to this as a spectator. Are you aware of what's happened? Marcus made a boo-boo and he's had to 
He's had to take the consequences, hasn't he? he the only does. thing I would say is, as a Man United fan, there's a big danger of Mason Greenwood coming on to a game when he gets back because there's a chance we might lose a Gallo back to China. So Mason Greenwood might get his shot. And he was starting to bang in some goals. So it's a sad, sad loss for Marcus, but you've got to take the consequences, don't you? Yes, mate. Option number two is Jammer has to be the manager of Marcus's team for the rest of the season. No, no one, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> and Marcus, how are you with that? Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, that, that's fine. I feel like... I don't know whether it's just me, but I feel like there's a WhatsApp group being set up without me, and that's what's that's what's hurting the most. <laughs> <laughs> if there is, mate, I was left out of it too, so I also feel... <laughs> okay. No, good. No, I think that's fine. And just to just to clarify, going forward, when the league starts up again, do I have to leave him on the pitch? You don't have to leave him on the pitch, I don't think. I've just looked at my squad, and even if I don't, he's going to come on anyway. So, <laughs> like, um, so I'm fucked either way. But no, I think that's good. But like Jammer said, he's been an ace up my sleeve that I've kept and I've kind of been hoping that he gets more game time. And what's going to be the ironic thing is when it actually kicks off again, he'll start every match and bang a load of goals in. <laughs> so, my, so yeah, that, I'm fine with it. I'm genuinely fine with that. It's good. If I have to cook, then that's fine. If I don't, I'll probably end up helping out anyway. So <laughs> I don't think Icarlo uh, will leave anyway. It's more so his loan period that's running out. Yeah. I think they'd organise something for him to stay yeah. until the end of the Prem, purely because he's going to fly over China, be in two-week quarantine, and yeah. he may as well just stay. Yeah. Is Rashford back already, is he? He, he was nearly going to be back beforehand, yeah. All yeah. of England's forwards will suddenly be fit, just in time for not Euro 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Marcus, punishment decided. I have to say, I'm pleased you took it so well, and I hope it doesn't dishearten you for the rest of the season. I'm sure it won't. Fire no. that burns within you. I think it's a fair Great. one. Now the dust has settled, and I'm less livid about it all. It'll be interesting to see how I get on. Also, we didn't know this was going to happen, did we? The fact that we've had this big break. You've, yeah, well, no, you've not got Harry Kane back. Someone else has got Harry Kane back. But yeah. I have Marcus Rashford back now, so this actually might work out fine. Well, if that wasn't enough to lift your spirits, Marcus. Next up, we have got Mr. Yare Jegbefume hosting another round of 15 to 1. Huzzah! Hey, guys! <laughs> Bradley James of Liberators FC. Medea Llewellyn of Kitchen Crusaders. Matthew Melalu of Malulu's FC. Philip Cairns of Change Name FC, James Robinson of Narrowboat Lock Union, Daniel Mantle of Mental Dandies FC, Marcus Ellard of Wedding Crashers FC, Jonathan Wolfe of Fairytale Erotica, and Peter Everill of Evil FC are all here today to play football's 15 to 1 with your host, Mr. Yare Jekbafume. Let's bring it on. Right, so the order is, first it'll be Meds, Wolf, Bradley, Jammer, Marcus, Mel, Phil and Mantle. So this is the first round. Everyone gets three lives at the start. You've got to hold on to as many of those lives as possible. First round, 
first question goes to Meds. <coughs> Which Portuguese team Cristiano Ronaldo play for for signing for Manchester United? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite easy. Tony, they're easy if you know them, mate. <laughs> yeah, but Bradley's going to complain about last week until the cows come home, man. <laughs> Listen, if you guys all know exactly how many goals Leicester City have scored in the Premier League <laughs> in their entire history, fair play to you. <laughs> there's, a, there's an overnight P&O ferry to this particular place, mate. <laughs> I mean, practically giving it away there, mate. I know, mate, I know. Well, I'm going to go Porto. It's the only team I can think of. Is it Sports in Lisbon, yeah? Yes, Sports in Lisbon. That's the correct answer. Wolf, how many teams play in the FIFA World in the last one because it's changed right oh, did it change from uh, it's normally 30, 32 who did Arsenal sign Robin Van Persie from Bradley we signed him from Feyenoord Jammer mm-hmm. in what season did Roman Abramovich take over Chelsea great Ooh. question oh god 2003 2004 <laughs> Marcus, main man, which player holds the record for the most goals in consecutive Premier League games? Oh, <laughs> oh we had that. Mel. Yeah, mate. Hello. Kevin Phillips won the Golden Boot in 1999-2000. Who was the next English player to do so? Wayne Rooney. Anyone else know the answer? I think it's Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Oh, man, I thought that would be... I thought I'd say that and you'd say there was someone before him. Hello, Phil. Philip. Pressure, 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 pressure. When Blackburn won the league in 1994-95, Alan Shearer was their top scorer. Who was his sidekick up front? Chris Sutton. Mantle. Which team embarrassingly recorded the fewest points ever the Premier League season. Oh, we counting. Back to meds. What animal is featured on the Aston Villa badge? Come on, Medzi. Is it a lion? The wolf. What nickname have the Chelsea fans given Cesar Aspilicueta? Good question. Good question. I, d- I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go for a complete guess. Is it the mighty one to do with Caesar? Good logic. Well, we've only said it about a million times on the podcast. Yeah, I was just say that. Donny doesn't listen. Dave, if you ever talk to Pete about Azpilicueta, you'll know why. Why? <laughs> Bradley. Next question for Bradley. Which country does Wilfred Zaha represent at an international level? Ivory Coast. Yammer. Yes. Who is the only player from Bermuda to score in the Premier League? Oh, Bermuda? Yeah. Oh, Asperia is not from Bermuda, but I'll say Asperia. Sean Gota. That is correct. Feed the goat and he will score. Oh, my word. How did Marcus know that? Mate, I looked at a lot of questions last week. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Marcus. Record for most goals scored by a substitute in a Premiership game is four. By uh, you. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, I can see him. I don't think this is right. Then don't say that answer, then, mate. <laughs> it's not right, uh, Solskjaer. 
<laughs> Bell, which goalkeeper has the most clean sheets in the Premier League era? It's got to be Petr Cech. Phil, who was the first sponsor of the Premier League? Um, the champ is um, on the ropes. He's swaying. Um, <laughs> He's dizzy. Um, Carlsberg? Isn't it Carly? That's Ooh. correct. The champ Mantle. is taking a knock. Mantle. Who was the first ever winner of the Premier League's Golden Boot? Ian Rush. I'm going to tell you, we came up in a previous 15 to 1. The answer is Teddy Sheringham. Sheringham. That is correct. After that, the ones left still with three lives, Bradley and Marcus. Two people have been doing the quizzes. Everybody else (laughs) is down to two. All right, we're in round two now, where we have a question or nominate. This is where we separate wheat from the chat. I got a quick question. What's chaff? <laughs> Meds. In 2005, Newcastle's Lee Boyer had an on-pitch scrap with which teammate? Easy. Great question. Is that Alan Smith? You and Dyer. Dyer. So we go down to Wolf. True or false? David Beckham took ballet lessons during his time at Manchester United in order to improve his agility. Wow. I'm going to say true. Ferdinand that did the ballet, isn't it? Something Wolf would know if he listened to the podcast. (laughs) That's quite a good question, though, actually. Siri, did David Beckham do ballet? (laughs) Bradley, who was Jose Mourinho's first signing, Chelsea? Oof. It's one of two people, and they're both Portuguese. They're only easy if you know them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Ferreira. I just like car- the other person I thought it might have been was Carvalho. Now you have the opportunity to nominate. Nominate defending champ, Philip Cairns. Ah, hello, <laughs> Mr. Cairns. Confidence, he's got confidence. That might go again if I can nominate. Philip Cairns, who was the first Premier League manager to be sacked. Oh. <laughs> Ron Atkinson. Was it Ian Porterfield? That would be correct. What? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Bradley, you can nominate again. Nominate Mantle. Mantle, just to let you know, you have two lives remaining. Next question. The lowest attendance was 3,039 in 1993. Everton played away to which club? this last week, didn't we? Oldham? Wimbledon, wasn't it, at Selhurst Park? That's correct. Nominate defending champion, Philip Cairns. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. It's going for blood. Philip Cairns, you have one life remaining. Which player holds the record for the most consecutive Premier League appearances? Winbridge? I bet it about 15 times, this question. Was, was it Brad Friedel? That Car- is correct. Um, the irony is that I got the question right last time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Philip Kearns, thank you for playing. Back to you, Bradley. Nominate James Jammer Robinson. (sighs) Oi, oi, Jammer. You have two lives left. How many times had David Moyes won the LMA Manager of the Year Award? (laughs) Oh, the Christmas. (laughs) Jesus. Um... That is, a, that is a stinger. <laughs> what does LMA stand for? I won't tell you, Beds, because that's a question that's coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> League Managers Association or something like that. Well done, Jammer, but you still got to answer the actual question. You still got to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, really, it's really easy if you know the answer. <laughs> I'm going to say as my final answer twice. Anyone else know the answer to that? Was it Once. zero? Wolf is right three times. Really? Oh my god! Manager of the year for managing football. Wolf, how did you know that? I just knew the answer to that question. <laughs> Bradley, who would you like to nominate? Well, since he's on a roll, nominate Wolf. Wolf. Love- if you know, you know. Hello, Wolf. Just to let you know, you have one life remaining. Who was the first Italian manager to win the Premier League? There's some players on mute here who are clearly asking Alexa. <laughs> what is, who does Stace think it is, Marcus? Um, I was just actually just telling Stacey, I was just saying I know the answer to quite a few of these questions today. So. <laughs> I'll play, mate. But I can give, give a stupid answer for this. Uh, is it... I was just edit this bit out, yeah. Why am I going blank with this? I feel like uh, I'm just going to say uh, Angelotti, but... Oh! I forgot about him. No, you get to nominate Wolf. I'll nominate Phil. Oh, no, I can't. He's out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> normally, I'd, normally I'd nominate Marcus, but he knows all the answers because he's done so many quizzes. I'll nominate... Oh. Uh, Mantle. Normally, I'd nominate Marcus. What a twat. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Mantle. You have one life remaining. Leeds had a memorable run the Champions League semi-finals in 2000 and 2001 season. Which team eliminated them? You know what? I read David O'Leary's book for this this quiz. This quiz, yeah. Lazio. Oh! Incorrect mantle. Thank you for playing. God damn. Who was it? Lencia. Oh. I nominate Marcus. Hello, Marcus. Hi, mate. Your question. Ron Atkinson last managed which club in the Premier League? Ooh. Is it when he went and sat in the wrong dugout? Oh, he went, he's just shaking everyone's hands, isn't he? Don't even know whether he managed this team. For some reason, it's in my head. Newcastle. <laughs> Birmingham? Forest. Villa. Who said not the oh, forest? It was forest. Yeah, he got him relegated as well. Back to you, Wolf. I'll nominate Meds. <laughs> Meds is living. Meds is doing so well. You're, you've got one life remaining. Go on, then. hit me. Who scored first perfect hat trick? Left foot, right foot header in the Premier League. Good question, that. 
Dennis Burkamp. Thanks for playing. His name was Mark Robbins from Norwich against Oldham in 1992. Mark Robbins. Let's the legend. Let's the legend. You got stung there, mate. You got absolutely stung there. I nominate Melu. Melu, you have two lives, my friend. Nice, Just man. as well. <laughs> Who has managed Reading, Swansea, and Liverpool? That's easy. Mel's getting trolled by Meds. This is a That's brilliant. I'm just—it's a bit of a wild guess. Uh, Kenny Dalglish. Meds. Well, I hope I'm right now. But I think it's Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, that is oh. correct. Brendan Rodgers. With, yeah. with the most lives at the moment is Bradley <laughs> with three. Marcus has two, and Mel Jammer and Wolf has one. Oof. I nominate Marcus. I knew you were going to do that. Anyway. I don't know why we went through the rigmarole of asking everyone. Oh, <laughs> Which. England player scored in 46 different Premier League games throughout his career. What? Is that four, 46 <laughs> yeah. England games? No, it's like different fixtures, basically. Are you saying like Premier League opponents? 46 different Premier League opponents. Peter Crouch. Who was it? Darius Vassell. <laughs> wow. 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 I nominate Bradley James. Hello, Bradley. Which team lost two games by an eight-goal margin in 2009-2010? You say Wigan. Good, good answer. They lost 9-1 to Tottenham, and I think they lost 8-0 to Chelsea. That's correct. Nominate Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> Wolf, you have got one life left. Which team was the first from the United Kingdom to win the European Cup? I'm just going to have to say Man U because I can't really think. Oh! And thanks for playing, Wolf. Celtic. That's correct. So that's back to Bradley to nominate. <laughs> Let's go for Jammer. Hello, Jammer. Hello. How many times has the Premier League been renamed? I'm going to go out. Well, guess five. Jammer, thank you for playing. You got stung there, Jammer. That? Four? That's correct. Four. Whoa. So now we're down to three players remaining. Bradley, Marcus, and Mel. <laughs> now we're down to... <laughs> the odds are Mel Lou, five million to one. Marcus, two and a half million to one. And Bradley, two to one. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy my chances. I'm going to put a fiver on me. <laughs> And this is the final round of 15 to 1. Now we have question or nominate. Bradley James, question or nominate. Nominate Melaloo. I mean, come on, man. Take a, <laughs> take a question like a, a big burly boy. Who was Britain's first £1 million player? Great question. And Marcus knows it. Oh, man, I don't think I know anyone. That far. Oh, fuck it. All right. I think he was something like 1.7, but um, Eric Cantona. Thank you for playing, Mel. Go on. Who was it? Trevor oh, Francis. That is correct. He went to Forest, didn't he? Yeah, it was Cluffy. Yeah. And to knock him down a few pegs, Cluffy didn't play him and made him make all the cups of teas for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Back to Bradley. Nominate Ellard. Who? 
was the first English player to score for a Spanish team, the Champions League? Gary Lineker. Thank you for playing, Marcus. No! Hold on, hold on then. Did you play in the Premiership? My guess would be Steve McManaman. That is correct. Oh, fucking Real Madrid. With three lives on his own. Question, please, Yare. Which striker made the PFA Team of the Year in the season 04-05 despite being relegated? Norwich would have got relegated that year. Did they have any strikers? They've had Grant Holt, maybe. Lads, anyone else know this one? Andrew Johnson. That is correct, man. Oh. Who went down in the 1996-97 season after being deducted three points? Christ, what did you get deducted points for these days? Well, 25 years ago. I'll send you a list. Was it Middlesbrough? That's correct. What were the points deducted for? Three points for not being able to fill a team because loads of like, all of them are all sick. The Premier League game that finished 7-4. What two teams played? One of them was Portsmouth and the other one was Reading. That was the Chris Kamara game, I think. It was a Chris Kamara game, yeah. But yeah, that's a Chris Kamara and game. The reason I know that is because the graphic is on screen of the score. <laughs> I, didn't know, was, I didn't know it was going it was on. Was sending off at Bratton uh, Park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought they were making a substitution. I saw them walking off. I thought they were making a substitution. <laughs> Which player holds the record for number of Champions League appearances? Oof. Um, so here's one life to go. Let's go with Raul. Can anyone else have a guess? Cristiano Ronaldo. No. Gigi Buffon. Yes, okay. 177. Which club conceded 100 goals on the way to being relegated the 93-94 Premier League season? Should we say Oldham? Thank you for playing Bradley. Ah, who Oh, I remember their shiny. I remember getting their shiny in the Premier League book. <laughs> well played, Bradley. 23 points. Thank you, mate. Thanks very much, Yari. Well done, Yari. That was brilliant, well done, well done. And that was the end of 15 to 1. Woo! Happy now? Well, Marcus, redemption has taken place. Justice, I think, is what has been served off the back of that edition of 15 to 1. And I'm pleased to take that monkey off my back and come away with victory. Well done, Bradley. I'm very, very pleased for you. You sound ecstatic. (laughs) You need to bring that knowledge to the next pub quiz when we're allowed in the pub. Let's smash it. Yeah, I'm not sure my very sort of niche knowledge about fantasy football and football in general tends to cover that many questions it might get to like one but after that it's all like which tube station do you get to after you go through palmer's green and it's like Arnold's the- grove or something something after that i think or something oh, that was a test marcus and you passed well done you're you're back on the quiz team <laughs> good thanks for your punishment as well, well i thought you took it quite well marcus i 
hope it hasn't dampened your spirits for the remainder of the season. It doesn't seem to have done. You have met it with the attitude that exemplifies the spirit of the draft and why you're in fact the current holder of the spirit of the draft, I believe. Thank Once you got over that initial anger where you went really quiet for a bit. Yeah, and a bit red. And I think I went over to the fridge to get myself a beer as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're through that now. I've been watching the Avengers and I think I handled it in the same way that Captain America would have handled it. I would have said you're more of a Black Widow than a Captain America, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. You, <laughs> you take it big, my friend. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, She's technically the toughest, actually, because she just gets given a gun. Everyone else has got some sort of superpower. She doesn't have anything. She just kicks ass. So we've also got some thank yous, as usual. We should say thank you to Will Coburn, at Will Coburn on social media, certainly Instagram. That is with one L. Thank you, Will. We should also say thank you to Kate Bellamy, at kate.made.this, who did some wonderful artwork for us. And we, of course, will say a big thank you to producer Matthew. That is Matthew Melaloo, at Matthew Melaloo. Hey, Matthew. Thanks very much, pal. No worries, boys. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Also, for our brilliant theme and incidental music, we'd like to say thank you to CJ Pandit. CJ! Shoulda, woulda, put a butter, shoulda, woulda, put a butter, shoulda, coulda, put a woulda, Pandit! And also, of course, as always, we'd like to say thank you to our friends and hosts over at ACAST. Thank you, ACAST. We should also remind everybody, Marcus, that they can get in touch with us. Email seems to be the best way with regards to sending us suggestions, stories, all sorts. We're getting some wonderful things. Are you having a draft at gmail.com? And then you can also check out social media content bits and pieces on Twitter and Instagram at having a draft. Very good, Bradley. You've got your own YouTube channel. You've got social media channels coming out of the... Coming out of the yin-yang. I wish I could claim credit for them, but they have appeared and now I have to figure out how any of them work. So you can go and do that. I can go, <laughs> I can go and celebrate a fine punishment. Until next time... Draft safe, baby! Woo! It was Gwyneth Paltrow's head in that box. If anything, Brad Pitt should have shot him seven times. <laughs>